0: Hey, and thanks for tuning in to the Father's House podcast. We hope that today's message brings you fresh life and renewed hope as you listen. Enjoy. Well, my name is Robin. For those of you that I haven't got the opportunity to meet yet, I am the other pastor, uh, kind of the MIA pastor lately. Uh, many of you know, but if you don't, our youngest, or sorry, our oldest daughter had a uh, medical crisis the last couple of months. Um, She went in for a routine surgery, it didn't go as planned, and uh, we ended up back in the hospital. And uh, long story short, we almost lost her. It was one of the craziest seasons our family has walked through. Um, But I, if you weren't here this last week, which actually, can we just for a second talk about last week, our anniversary service? Hello, it was incredible. But if you were here, then you knew that uh, our daughter is doing amazing. She's gaining strength every single day. God saved her life. We are still praying for the ultimate miracle. Uh, that I know she's gonna walk out in. But since my daughter was in the hospital, that meant mama wasn't here either. I, of course, uh, am her pastor first. I'm gonna stand before Jesus and he's gonna say, what'd you do about her? Before he says, what'd you do about these people? And so I was there right by her side with her um, through the process. And honestly, the first week that we were in there, um, she didn't want me to leave her. I think Tim mentioned this last week. And so I was with her every single night. And somebody was like, oh, so you slept at the hospital? I'm like. The word hospital and sleep, they don't go together. They're like separate words. They never are friends. Uh, So honestly, I was so exhausted. Um, The following week, I actually had to take some mental health time. Like I couldn't even formulate sentences. And Tim and some, you know, trusted people around me were like, hey, you need to take a break and get yourself back together. So right when I was ready was ready to get myself back together and jump back into everything that I'm responsible around here. She ended up in the hospital again, uh, and it's kind of an awkward space as a pastor, especially when our th- our three-year anniversary was happening, to not be able to do the things that I was wired to do, but to be able to um, be kind of forced to step back. And uh, I think we're pretty transparent people, and. It was, it was hard, it was hard not to be here, but God is so good in that he didn't just call a couple to lead a church, but he called an amazing team to lead this church. And I just wanna shout them out. I did it at the first service, but I gotta do it again. I just wanna say thank you to our incredible, we call them our baby staff because it's a very small staff, to Michelle, she's right there in the front row, to David, who's always taking care of stuff outside during this time, so he probably doesn't even hear my voice yet. Uh, And then to Jazzy, honestly, there's a lot of balls that got dropped that they swooped up and took care of while I took a break. So (laughs) through. And Jazzy, sorry. We clacked for her first service. (laughs) Um, No, but I'm so grateful that we have a team of people that they don't look at it as a job, but a calling, like, there's a big difference, and I'm so grateful. Um, but beyond them, I gotta shout out Carol again, because she's up there in the risers. Uh, she took on, she's one of our incredible volunteers, and she not only helped lead some stuff for me, but she walked with me, and so I love you, and say it again, because I love you so much. <laughs> uh, so with that, I gotta say, this morning, since I couldn't preach in the last series, y'all, I'm ready to preach to you today. <laughs> And I get the honor of opening up this new series and I realize, I'm like, I've never opened up a series for us before. I'm normally jump in the middle or I close things out and I get to open it up. And honestly, I'm excited about that because this series has been burning in my heart. This topic has been burning in my heart for some time now. Uh, I've talked with many of you and some of our leaders and I realize that this series is for such a time as this. Uh, of what God wants to do in our church, talking to leaders and seeing that we need to gain a better understanding and grasp on this topic. And I want you to know uh, when we come up with what we preach about we don't like schedule things out a year in advance. Like some churches do that and that's great. But for us it's not just that we want to be relevant to the times and what's happening in our culture, but we also want to be relevant to what the Holy Spirit is saying for the here and now. And And so I do believe that this series is timely for the here and now, for where we are as a three-year-old church. Without further ado, we are gonna be talking about the ghost, the Holy Ghost. We're gonna be jumping into this series And uh, it's not just a series that we're going to do on the weekend, we're also going to be going through this in our groups. So if you're in a small group, buckle up, because you're going to get to know him over the next six weeks. We're going to be talking about the power of the Holy Ghost, his role, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and we're going to be diving into this, and I believe that this is timely and God wants to equip us to get to know him more in this series. So if you're a baby Christian, you haven't been on the team for that long, uh, I don't believe you need to wait 10 years to get to know the Holy Spirit. Also, as seasoned believers, I believe that we consistently need to make sure that we remind ourselves of the role and the power of the Holy Spirit. So that's what we're going to do. But today, my job is to introduce you to the Holy Spirit. Really simple. This is a simple word today, but my job is to hopefully inspire and encourage you to dive in deep into this, to not step back. And so I wanna introduce you to him today. And I love introducing people. It's kind of one of the things that I do. If you uh, have ever been in the lobby or on the porch, I'm always like, hey, so-and-so, do you know so-and-so? You gotta meet. Uh, I'm a bit of a matchmaker, I just am. It's one of my favorite things, like, A not so secret is that I look around the room on Sundays and I'm like, okay, you, oh my gosh, you need to meet some, could you imagine this couple together, like they would be a power couple and I'm constantly matching people up. I don't just do that with like, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, like marriage situations. I do that with friendships. That's why I help lead our small groups because I'm like, oh, so-and-so, you're going to love so-and-so. And yeah, I'll hook it up. If you need the matchmaking pastor, just come to me. Here to serve. Find you a spouse. Find you a friend. I'll see you after church. Well. I want to introduce you to the Holy Spirit, but a greater person to introduce you to the Holy Spirit would be Jesus, and that's the portion of scripture that we're going to be reading out today. So if you've got your Bible with you, we're going to be in John chapter 14, verse 16 specifically. So as you guys go there, I'm going to give you a little bit of context, a little backdrop to this scene. So at this point, Jesus had been walking with his disciples for three years, And he had just shared his last meal with these disciples. And uh, theologians believe that Jesus only had a handful of hours left with them before he was going to head to the cross to be crucified. And in these last hours together, Jesus prepares his disciples for life without him there in the physical. And he introduces them to the Holy Spirit. Uh, we'll read this out this morning. It'll be up on the screen if you don't have a Bible. It says this, And I will pray or ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. I love this portion of Scripture, and it is packed full of some goodness that we're going to get into. But before we do, I feel like we need to address something before uh, we truly get introduced to the Spirit. Because there's something that I have often heard from Christians, maybe something that you've uttered, or maybe at one point I've said. But we need to have a clear understanding before we move on, and it's surrounding salvation, Now, when you get saved, the Bible is clear, it says if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you are saved. There's kind of this imaginary line that we step over into belief. But we have to be clear about something. When we make that decision to follow after Jesus, we are asking him to be Lord of our life. What we are not doing, which you may have been taught in your Sunday school class, we don't teach it over there, is that you ask Jesus into your heart. Billy, do you want to ask Jesus into your heart? No, that's wrong. That's not what the Bible teaches us. It teaches us that we receive him as Lord, and when we do, then he gives us the Holy Spirit. So when you come to Christ, you are then indwelt with the Holy Spirit. Okay, are we clear on that? Good, good. Verse 17 says that, that he will be with you. That he is the one who comes in. And we have to have that clarity, I think, before we move on. So now that we've cleared that up, let's go on to this introduction. Actually, in fact, how many of you have a Bible that you bring to church? Lift it up like you're proud. Yeah, 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 okay. Hey, no condemnation if you don't, but... There is, I appreciate the digital Bible, it's with me all the time, I love that. Uh, But there is something pretty amazing about bringing your leather-bound Word of God to church. Like, I know it means you gotta pack the big purse, ladies. But there's something about having it and bringing a pen and when the word is being preached, highlighting and writing in the margin. So I want to invite you to do that. Uh, If you don't have a Bible, you can go out to our connect area. Not right now, but after service and you can grab a Bible. If you do have your Bible, I want to invite you, if you've got a pen, there might be one around you, to underline a few words with me this morning. And if you don't, you can do this later at home. We're going to look back at that passage and underline some words Says this, and I will pray and ask the Father, and He will give you another helper. That in your first word to underline is this pronoun, He, that He may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees Him nor knows Him, but you know Him. I was just making sure they were underlined up there because they weren't down here. Thank you, Taylor. (laughs) for and last one to underline is he dwells with you see when it comes to the Holy Spirit we must understand that he is someone not something he is someone he is not a thing he is someone in other words he is a person now before all of my Bible scholars in the room get really nervous, I want to be clear about what I just said. I did not say that he, the Holy Spirit, is a human being. I said that he is a person, as in he has personality. He is not a substance, in it, but he is a person. And I will quote this to back it up. This is from Chuck Smith. He says this, Now, there are certain necessary characteristics of personality. Three things that are necessary. One will, two intelligence, and three emotions. Personality has will, intelligence, and emotions. And if the Holy Scriptures ascribe these characteristics to the Holy Spirit, then it is safe to assume that he is indeed a person. Now, maybe you don't know Chuck Smith Maybe you don't trust somebody named Chuck. I understand. But I really like the way he said this. So if you wanna study that out, you can go online and you can type in person of the Holy Spirit and somebody maybe a little more popular like Spurgeon will tell you the same thing. But I found out, I was like, oh my gosh, why didn't I think of this? Charles Spurgeon, his name's Chuck too. (laughs) The Chucks know it all, they know it all. Well, the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit is a part of the Trinity. If you've been to our Discover class here at the Father's house or you've read through our statement of faith, then you understand that we are a Trinitarian church. We believe in the triune God, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Now, as Christians, when it comes to the person of God the Father, it's really easy for us to picture him as a father, see his personality. Why? Because we understand fatherhood. Doesn't mean that all of us have experienced fatherhood. I know some of you haven't experienced that. But if you haven't experienced it, you've at least observed it. Have you ever seen a little kid when they're maybe out on the porch and they're looking around and they can't find their dad and they look up and they run to their dad and they cling to his leg? Uh, They know who to go to for protection. Uh, Have you ever seen a little kid when they get hurt and dad's around? What do they do? They run to him because they know that he's the one that can help them. He's the one who cares for them. And although our earthly fathers are only a type and a picture and an imperfect picture of our heavenly father, it helps us understand God the father and the personality, who he is, that he is our protector, that he is the one we run to. Helps us understand that. So it's easy to get it, get the person of God the father. And like him, it's easy for us to understand God the son. It doesn't take much imagination to picture Jesus lying in a manger as a baby or hanging on the cross. And he is bone of our bone and flesh of our flesh. In fact, there's, you know, paintings and pictures. There's even the chosen. Like if you need help getting to know Jesus as the son, just watch that. But do, do what I have to do, and when you go and like meet with Jesus, just make sure you're not picturing the actor. Just just throwing that out there, because I've been there like, it's not him. That's not him. Okay, Jesus. Sorry, that was extra. It's easy for us to understand and to get him as God the Son, picture him as that person. But when it comes to the Holy Spirit, his operations seem so mysterious. His doings seem so secret. His acts are so far removed from the body that it's hard for us to picture or even comprehend him as a person. But one thing that we need to be clear about today when it comes to the Holy Spirit is we need to know that the Holy Spirit is not an essence. No, he is not an influence or a feeling. He is not a wind. He is not a dove. And he most certainly is not an it. No, the Holy Spirit, like the Father, like the Son, is a person. And it is crucial that we understand this, and here's why. The Bible says that the devil is the author of confusion. One of the greatest ways that the devil wants to confuse the church of Jesus Christ, I believe, is to confuse us about the spirit. He doesn't just want you to refer to the spirit of God as an it. He wants you to be kind of scared of the spirit. A little ghost. He wants you to be weirded out by the spirit. He wants you to think, oh, it's just like way too mysterious. It's too complicated. It's too much for me to comprehend, so I'm just going to stay over here. Oh, the spirit I know is there, but he's probably just there for those charismaniacs. You know you know the ones who speak in tongues and do this when they pray? <laughs> just for them. No, the, the enemy, his job description is to still kill and destroy And he wants to destroy your thoughts and your understanding of the spirit because he understands how powerful the spirit of God is. He understands when you understand and you know the person of the Holy Spirit, what power you can potentially walk out in. So he wants to confuse you. He wants to get you thrown off. He wants to make you stay cautious when it comes to the Holy Spirit. Because if he can do that, then he can keep you from a third of the Trinity. And when that happens, we forfeit a relationship and we forfeit access to all that the holy spirit wants to do in our lives. If you're taking notes this morning, I want you to write this down. If we can't see the holy spirit as a person, then we will never develop a personal relationship with him. But when we realize that the holy spirit is a person, we can enter into this kind of relationship And walk with him the way that Jesus promised his disciples. And we can do two things we can walk with him and we can receive his help. Now, back to Jesus and his disciples. Uh, Jesus had been walking with the disciples for three years, he was their rabbi, their teacher. And the disciples not only loved having him as their teacher, but Jesus was their helper. So in John chapter 13 and 14, as Jesus starts to tell the disciples, hey, I'm going away. I'm not going to stay here any longer. The disciples were sad. They were confused about this. But they weren't just sad because they loved Jesus and they wanted him to stay. They were sad because he was the best help. Do you imagine being stranded in the middle of a lake, in the middle of a storm, who's going to help you? He's the best help in that situation. And when tax collectors are coming after you and you owe them money, Jesus is a great help. When you're sick in your body and you need healing, Jesus. And most certainly when you die, yeah, he can raise you from the dead. Jesus was the best helper. That word helper, it comes from the Greek word parakletos. And this is a compound word that means to come alongside. Paracletos is also translated as consoler, intercessor, advocate. And the King James Bible translates this word as comforter. Jesus had come alongside the disciples. He consoled Mary. He interceded for Peter. He was an advocate for Matthew, and they didn't want Jesus to go. And I think if we put ourselves in that scenario, I wouldn't want him to go either. Not Jesus, stay. Don't go. Hang out with us. Continue being our helper. Continue being our rabbi. And as Christians today, we can tend to kind of imagine what it would be like if we were there with Jesus. And sometimes we say things like, man, if only Jesus were right here with me. If only he were walking with me. All of the things that I walk through and the decisions that I gotta make, like if I don't know what to do, if I'm just like, hey, what do we do here? Okay, okay, good. Okay, so go left. All right, sounds good. Like Jesus will be right there with me. It would be amazing. But when we make statements like that or paint those scenarios and pictures, what we're doing is we're forgetting a great truth that Jesus gave us in the word where he said this in John sixteen seven. I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I do go, I will send him. Did you catch that? It's to your advantage. Hey, disciples, Peter, Matthew, it's to your advantage that he goes away, that he doesn't stay with you. Disciples today, it's to our advantage that he goes Jesus was the great helper, the paracletos, to this group of disciples. He was there for them. But the reason he was able to be a great helper, that paracletos, is because he was in proximity with them. See, we read in the word that Jesus hung out with 12 disciples and more groups of people than that. There's a certain amount of people that Jesus was around but we don't read that Jesus touched and was able to be in proximity with every person upon the earth during the time he roamed the earth. Why? Because he was limited to proximity. So beyond that, the paracletos, that helper, that wasn't Jesus's role to fulfill. Now what was his role? The father sent the son to be the sinless lamb of God to be the one that walked sinless upon the earth and then took all of our sin, all of our stuff and went to the cross to die for our sins and to be raised to new life so that not only could we find new life but we could get to the Father. That was Jesus' role. We sang about it in that last song. Jesus is the savior. Jesus' role was to be the savior. Jesus said it himself. He said, It is better that I go. The presence and the work of the Holy Spirit would actually be better for believers than the physical, bodily presence of Jesus. And like the father sent the son, so the son says, I'm gonna go so that I can send you someone better. I can send you someone that's not gonna just walk with you some of the time, but the paracletos who's going to walk with you all the time. He's the 24-hour hotline. He's not on a nine to five. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm busy. No, middle of the night, he's there. The great paracletos is ready to be there for you in your time of need. He is the ever-present help in time of need. And why? (laughs) Because we need help. I don't know about you, but I need a whole lot of help. And when I think of my helplessness, sometimes I picture myself as a toddler. (laughs) Who's raising some toddlers right now? Lift your hand. Come on, lift it high because you got a hard job right now yeah I do I mean infant like tiny baby like that's a hard stage because there's a constant need but there's something about a toddler who can't help themselves but can ask for help mom mommy help like, a ba- like the moment they wake up and they're in their bed in their crib and they need help getting out oh, okay Okay, all right. Okay, all right, let's go. Now I need help getting breakfast. Now I need help going to the bathroom. Now I need help reaching that. Now I need help like like they even need help when they don't realize they need help. Like, whoa, stay away from that. That's a pool. You will drown. No, that's hot. Like toddlers are just so helpless. Even like you ever seen a toddler try and put on like a button sweater? Like buttony, like they're like a velociraptor. Is the most comical thing to watch. They're so helpless. But here's the news today. You never stop being a toddler. Your your type of help might change. You maybe don't sound like a toddler anymore. Well, some of us do. But the truth is that we still need help. We maybe need help in different situations. I don't know about you, but I need help processing emotions. I need help with anxiety that I face. I need help with difficult decisions that I don't know what to do with. I need truth. I need, like, I need help. We all need it. But the helper, the paracletos, says, I am here. But if we're not aware, or if we try and superimpose the role of Jesus on where the paracletos wants to be God for us, then we miss out. Now the paracletos, his name is Holy Spirit. He is God with us. He is the one that when Jesus left the disciples, he said, I can go. Why? I'm going to send you someone better who will be with you, not some of the time, but all of the time. Uh, I'm going to invite the band to come, and I want to take a few moments to share something personal, um, I knew a few weeks ago that I was going to be starting this series, that I was going to be preaching this weekend, and as I was mapping out my schedule and timeline of when I would do that. Uh, Normally, I prep the week before, and my kids are in school, so I know certain blocks of time that, okay, I've got a four-hour block here, I've got a five-hour block here, and I love, um, I, I haven't always loved studying, but I've learned to study the Word of God, like the way that you can meet with God, not to get a message, but to just be with Him and understand the Word and sit and contemplate and dwell and let Him speak to you. So I love that time. And normally I would sit down and I would know I've got this block of time carved out and i put my Bible in front of me. I would light my favorite candle, house would be quiet. I'd turn on one of my favorite playlists. That's just some piano music kind of that just started in the background. So special. And I would sit there with my cup of tea, Bible open, different translations, you know, sit and pray and talk to God and say, what do you wanna say to your people? open up a you know my computer, start doing a word study, maybe read some commentators, some books, like you imagine like, you know, books open and stuff here and the tea and like a snack and it's wonderful. Well my week ended up looking much different. The week I was supposed to prepare this much it went a little different. Instead, it was a emergency room visit turned to a 3 a.m transfer to the icu it was reports of rare complications that doctors couldn't quite understand with my daughter it was scans it was more sleepless nights it was a repeat of trauma that i had already endured weeks a couple of weeks before in the hospital it was uncertainty but instead Here's what my prep looked like. Opportunity, after opportunity, after opportunity, to walk with the Spirit and receive His help. Now, if you've ever had a kid in the hospital, you know that it's round-the-clock care. Yes, there's doctors, thus there's nurses, but no, they need mom, they need dad, they need auntie, they need grandma, they need help. So, you know, it was round the clock, not just during the day, but during the night, helping my daughter. And then, uh, cause Tim and I were smart about it, the second time where I was like, listen sis, mom's gotta go home and sleep. If you want mom to live life longer and be here again, daddy's gonna come. He's such a good dad, went and spent the time with our kiddo and did the same round the clock care. So I could go home and spend time with our other daughter and get some precious hours of sleep only to go back and repeat the process. Tim and I were just kind of like high-fiving in the hallway. (laughs) And so, so much was happening that you know, I'd pick up my word and I'd like begin to read it. (laughs) Be like, oh, a a nurse, okay. And then I'd go back and I'd read the same sentence, say, oh, oh, someone else, oh, what do you need? And you know, you're just finding there's moments that Jesus is there helping you and you're getting the word. And so this was happening and I realized, you know what I need to do? I need to grab my phone because I've found so much help in these moments that I need to jot it down so I don't forget the opportunities and the help that I've received. So I wrote these things down and I wanna share that with you today. This is the first thing I wrote. On the way to the Oakland emergency room, As we were crossing the bridge, I looked out over the bay and I saw a group of black sailboats and a group of white sailboats. As I looked out at them, I felt I had a choice before me. Not knowing what we were facing on the other side of that bridge in the emergency room, I could choose fear and allow it to grip me or make the choice to cling to the helper that lives on the inside of me. I said aloud in the car for my child to hear, Holy Spirit, I choose you. No matter what we are facing, I choose you. And I reminded myself that he was with me. The next day I wrote this down. It is you, Holy Spirit, who didn't leave my side during that hour long ultrasound in the middle of the night where I knew something was wrong, but wasn't yet given answers. It was you who gave me wisdom when I didn't know how to explain to my child that she had a very rare blood clot that the the professionals were puzzled by and that they didn't know how to treat her. It was you, Holy One, who advocated on my behalf when through my sobs, I couldn't even formulate words to pray you heard me and you ministered to me through the deep groaning of my soul. It was you who comforted me as I tried to comfort my child who was writhing in pain. It was you who helped me and embraced me in the darkness of the night when I needed a hug but there was no one around to hug me. And it was you, Holy Spirit, who didn't leave me but you were still there with me when I couldn't handle it any longer and I ran from my child's ICU room with doctors and nurses that were in there to a single stall restroom where I locked the door and I fell to the ground and broken, hurting, feeling helpless and small and so overwhelmed, facing one of the darkest moments of my life surrounded by doctors and nurses, attending to my child, but no one attending to me. You were there with me, attending to my soul. Because you walk with me, you are my helper. Now, I know this morning, you're not sitting in a hospital room, but, I think we're all sitting in some help that we need. Your hospital room looks different than mine. Maybe it's a rocky marriage that you're walking through and you don't know what to do. Maybe it's some bad decisions that you made and you're sitting in the consequences. Maybe it's a sickness that you're walking through. The bottom line is that you need help. We all need help, but not just any help. Not just any type of help. Jesus said clearly at the end of verse 17, he said, this is the help that the world cannot offer you. The kind of help you need is unavailable anywhere else. The world can't offer it. No person can offer it. No friend can offer it. No pastor can offer it. Only the spirit can offer it. And I know some of you in the room today maybe need help. But right now, you don't have the spirit inside of you because you've never confessed Jesus as Lord. You've never stepped over that line of belief. And some of you need to make that decision today. In a moment, I'm gonna pray for you. But I also know there's others in the room that do have the spirit of God living inside of them. But you've maybe superimposed the role of Jesus where the helper says, hey, I am the God who is with you, who wants to walk in proximity with you all the time. And maybe you've been distant from Him. Maybe you haven't been listening to His voice. Maybe you haven't been sitting in that place where you receive Him in that way. I believe this morning that some of us need to be introduced to the Spirit, others need to be reintroduced. So I wanna do that today. I think this is the best way that we open this series. So right now, will you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? And if that's you in the room, If you're here today and you're far from God and you don't wanna be any longer, I wanna give you the opportunity to follow Him. So would you be so bold? So I know who I'm praying with this morning. Would you simply just lift up your hand and look at me if you're far from God and don't wanna be any longer. Right over there, I see you. Right over there, down front, right over here. I see you over here, these two in the back. Come on, give it up for them. Down front, amen. Right here, up in the risers. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, really simply, we're not gonna move on right now. This is your moment where you confess Jesus is Lord. It's not the eloquence of your words, it's the belief in your heart. So right now, I wanna pray with you so that you can invite Jesus to be Lord of your life. Say, Jesus, I choose to follow you. I believe you are who you say you are. Thank you for dying on the cross for me and being raised to new life so I could have access to the Father. Right now, I choose to follow you. I give you my whole life. I wanna walk in your ways and learn to be your disciple. And right now, because I step over that line of belief, I receive the Holy Spirit into my life. Thank you for that gift. I receive him today. Thank you, Jesus. With your eyes closed and your head still bowed, if you're here today and you know that you have the Spirit inside you, but you've been distant from him, or honestly, I think, for every single one of us. Listen, the Bible teaches us that we go from faith to faith and glory to glory, that the Word of God is so full of life that we can always receive more. That means that God is so full of life that we can always receive more. I believe that there is more. And right now, I wanna invite you to simply say yes to this journey of getting to know the Spirit even more. If that's you and my arms are out, I just want you to lift up your arms, lift up your hands, kind of take that posture of just saying, I wanna get to know you more. Right now, I commit, Holy Spirit, to listening to you, to coming to the truth of who you are and receiving from you. I wanna know you more. I wanna get to know you more intimately. I make a commitment right here and now for the next six weeks to show up to church so that I can get to know the different aspects of you, your role in my life, your power. I make that commitment because I want more of you. I make a commitment to sit in and not miss the, the group each week and sit with that Bible study and learn more about you, Holy Spirit. We invite you to come. And lead us in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Hey, thanks for taking the time to listen to the Father's House podcast. We hope it helped you wherever you're at in your journey. And listen, we want to pray with you if you're going through something right now that's difficult. You can go to our website, tfh.church, and click on the prayer and praise link and tell us how to join you in prayer. Until next time, be blessed.